Hey guys, it's Rachel, and welcome to another episode of the show. Today, we are throwing it back to a conversation that I had about a year ago. It's not a rerun of the podcast. It's actually a class that I taught. Whenever we share episodes here where it's a keynote I've given on stage or a particular course of study that I've done in front of a group, those episodes always do really well. And this one feels really timely because I am about to hit the road. I am leaving to go on tour, and so I thought it might be fun whether you are one of the people who've bought a ticket to see me at multiple different theaters around the country, or maybe you're not going to be able to make it out this time, but you kind of want to get an idea of what we talk about. This is a conversation I had about how to reset and reframe your goals. This is particularly powerful for any of you who feel a bit stuck, who feel like you're not making the traction that you want to make, who feel like you sort of need a little push in the direction that you're trying to head. This is that conversation. I was teaching this class class last year. So there's a lot of conversation about what it feels like to be coming out of a pandemic, which was probably one of the most halting, stuck feeling time periods that any of us have ever experienced. So if you're in a similar space, if you're feeling like you're having a hard time, or maybe you just want to level up on what's already working, I'm hopeful that this is a conversation you will enjoy. Hi. I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. All right, let's start by talking about why I think it's important to do a reset. Again, this is something I do every June. It's also something that I have had to do over time when I feel like I've gotten really far off track. The reason that I believe in a reset is because I had so many years in my life. I would get to the end of the year. I would get to December. The week before Christmas and New Year's is always when I would lay out my intentions and my goal for the year ahead. And I love that week because I'm such a nerd and I love goal setting. I assume if you're here, you probably like setting goals as well. But I would get to that week and realize I was really good at setting goals but absolute garbage at pulling them off. Like the worst is if you've gotten to the end of a year before and you killed it. You worked so freaking hard. You tried your absolute best. You showed up for your life. You did all the things. And then you do that check-in in December and you're like, holy crap, I am nowhere near where I wanted to be. I experienced this a ton as a small business owner. I would get so upset because... I would work like, I know some of you are small business owners, you work so hard and you get there and you're like, wait, I lost money? Like, I, 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 you're telling me I don't even make, I lost it because I was waiting too long to check and see where I was. It's sort of like getting in a car to go on a road trip and you're driving somewhere and it's, you know, five hours away and 
you wait until you're three hours in to check and see if you're actually headed in the right direction. Well, that would be the dumbest thing in the world, right? Like, oh, I'm going to go head to Dallas, except that I've been driving towards San Antonio this whole time. So I'm totally screwed, right? Like who would do that? Except we do it all the time with one of the most important things in our life, the direction of our life. We would never do that with the directions in a car, but we do it all the time with the direction of our lives, which affects our family, our business, our community. So this reset is just about asking yourself some better questions about how we make sure that we end this year really strong. Or if you're watching this at a different point in time, how can you reset and make sure that you get to those goals you have in front of you? So that's the why. The other thing that I really love this for is to understand where I'm getting it wrong. Okay, I know that we live in a world now where like people are so freaked out by the idea of failure or getting it wrong. And like, y'all, if you follow me, you have seen me fail a million times and a million ways. And I keep showing up because the only way that I'm going to do better in my life, in my business, as a mom, as a leader, the only way I'm going to do better is if I am willing to fail publicly and continue to show up. So this reset is this really powerful tool for me to just go, okay, where are we getting it wrong? Where are we getting it wrong? Where did we start to go off course? How can we make this better? Who do we need to talk to? Who do we need to learn from? Like, this is a really big deal in my life. And like, yeah, people have watched me fail, but I think that if you have paid attention to my career over the last decade, the biggest exponential growth I ever experienced is always on the other side of getting something wrong. So I don't want you to be afraid of failure. I want you to be afraid of getting to the end of this year or getting to the end of your life and you didn't freaking do anything because you were so worried about not doing it right. I got really into puzzles (laughs) inside of pandemic, which like is really cool and really sexy. I know they make me so happy. I don't know if you guys are into puzzles, but I like when my kids are at their dad's, I will literally sit at my table by myself with a vodka LaCroix and like work on a freaking bird puzzle like for hours and be so happy. It's really embarrassing. I was working on this puzzle, oh gosh, like a month ago and I made the mistake. If you're like new to puzzles, sometimes you get it wrong. So I'm not like a super proficient puzzler yet. And what I would think of as super proficient is my boyfriend. He doesn't look at the puzzle box. He does, he refuses to look at the picture. That's how hardcore he is. He's just sitting there like an evil genius and he won't, he just like plays with the pieces until he finds like the spot that Matt, well, what is wrong? And I'm like, literally like looking at the the thing the whole time, just like try to figure, wait, is this? And so we were working on this puzzle. We're trying to get the outline because obviously that's where we start. And it was crazy because the outline was all the same color. What was wrong with me? Why would I do that to myself? I didn't know. It was like newer in my puzzling time. So I'm trying to get the outline of this puzzle and I'm looking at this piece and I'm like, this is the bird's wing. Like I, it's clearly the bird, like I'm, I'm pushing, pushing, like trying to make this puzzle piece fit because it is so clearly it goes together. I'm looking at the thing. I'm looking here. I'm like trying to like fit this thing into the spot and like so confused. And I'm like, I got a defective puzzle is the problem. 
And so I'm like trying to fit it, trying to fit it. And he, he's like over there doing his own thing. And he literally just like reaches across the board, flips it and slides it to a completely different part of the puzzle. Like it was, it was nowhere near where I was. And it like perfectly just like, dink, like gets into where it's supposed to be. I think that we do this with our goals all the time. We get so focused on what we want to happen and we're like working, working so hard. This is defective. I, something's wrong. And really it's that we just needed to spin it around. We needed to drop it, flip it. What's that song? Is it worth it? Let me work it. Put the thing down, flip it and reverse it. Yes. Maybe that's what you need to do with your goals right now. There's nothing wrong with a goal. You're working toward the right spot but the way that you're pursuing it is wrong. And if you don't take the time to reset and kind of open it up and see what's there, you don't understand that maybe you don't have the right tools or maybe you don't have the right circle around you. You don't have the right like cute boy to slide the piece across and move it around and go like, oh, babe, it goes over here. I just want you to think of that as you go through this process. If you find something where you're like, oh, that's why. Don't be afraid of understanding or seeing the fail. Can we just call it that? Can we just stop being afraid of this word? I get notes about this, right? People will send me emails or they'll send me DMs on social and they'll be like, can you just stop using the word failure? Failure, That word is really triggering for me. And I understand. I have things in my life that are triggering for me too. But if a word, if vernacular can have that kind of emotional effect on you, then that thing is in control of you. So we have to erase the stigma that surrounds the idea of getting it wrong. Because if you're not willing to look at how you got it wrong, you cannot make it better. So I want you just to prepare yourself emotionally right now for the fact that this reset in a lot of ways is looking at how you got off course and facing it and being okay with that and then coming back around and figuring out where you're going to go from here. All right? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and start with good, positive Those of you who are freaking killing it, okay? We're going to jump into what to do if you're not, uh, but let's just start with those of you who came into this space because you want to level up. You want to take the thing that's really working and figure out how do we go up from here. And I see you and I hear you because that is me. All I want in life is to be surrounded by people or meet leaders or meet mentors or get to talk to people that say a thing or spark something for me that makes me think of my life or my business or my work in a totally different way. So the simplest thing to do even though it's not always easy, is to pour gasoline on what is working. Y'all have maybe heard me talk about this idea before, is how do we take what we're doing really well? How do we take the most effective area of our business? How do we take the thing that's really making our relationship flourish? How do we take the thing that's helping us to be a better like writer, podcaster, mama, friend, How do we identify that thing and then really make it grow? I'm going to tell you right now that the answer I'm going to give you for 90% of everything I will teach you from now until I go home to be with the Lord is going to be about unpacking things inside of a journal. 
if you've been with me for any time at all, you know how important journaling is in my life, both written journaling, the start today journal, the planner, like it really is a big deal for me because it helps me to like get my thoughts on paper and look at them. I don't know if this is true for everyone. I don't know the psychology, but for me, my, my thoughts can take over my brain. Like this can run away with me. I can get insomnia. I can start to spin out. I'll like follow a rabbit trail. And if you do the same thing, then I think there's something really powerful about literally looking at what you're thinking. And when it comes to this idea of leveling up from where you are, it helps to just identify all of the things that are contributing to this greatness. Because Yes, it's a combination of a few different things, but most of the time, I think that if we can identify like one or two things and really elevate those, it makes everything else explode. You know, I started out by saying like, for those of you who are doing great and you want to level up, but this is actually a really great technique for any of you. I don't care if you feel like, Rach, I suck right now. Life is super hard. Nothing's working. Even if that's you, let's do this practice together as a group, because I think it's really powerful. Let's think of an area of our life where it's working. Like we all have to have one. You would not be here even if you're like, the only thing in my life that's working is the Wi-Fi. Okay, congratulations. We all have areas of our lives that are better than others, right? And there's something really powerful about figuring out how to home in on the thing that's making that effective. So let's say like, Cameron, will you be, we need a, we, we should get an audience for this at some point, but Cameron, will you be my guinea pig? What's an area of your life that's working? That's working. Um, oh boy. Right, like dad life feels like awesome, right? Okay, so can you just tell me a bunch of things that you're doing right now in your life that is making it feel, and just so you guys know, Cameron is my head of production and he has two little girls and what they're babies, four and two, two and four. Okay, so he has two little girls, two and four. And you've been navigating what that feels like inside of, um, you had to work from home and like COVID and all the things, right? So tell me some of the things that you've done, let's say in the last six to nine months that you feel like have really made that relationship with the girls feel special. Um, Just like like all of them. Dedicated, no technology, like hangout time. Nice. Um, Spending individual time. So that's a good one. Individual time. Bringing them into things that I like. They seem very interested in, like... Right. Hobbies. This That is such a good one. He just said, if you can't hear him, he just said hobbies that he likes to do. I think we forget this a lot of times as parents, that we want to show up for our kids in the way that they want, which is, like, beautiful and fun and great, and, like, I'll sing the Frozen soundtrack all day long. I do. But it's also so much more robust and beautiful and a richer relationship, even with little babies, when we can bring them along on things that make our hearts really happy, too. What else? We, when COVID, like, we traveled the ways we could, like, did, like, little vacations. Got creative. Mm-hmm. Great. Do you feel like there's anything that you do with your wife, like that you show up for her as a parent that then has like allowed you time or is there anything with like yeah, your relationship? Trading, that... tra- like trading time. Like, 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 Ooh, uh, that's good. That's yeah. good. So he just said like trading time. So his wife getting time with the kids, 
him getting time with the kids, but that also means that the other parent is getting a break. So you're able to sort of refill your cup. Great. What else? Celebrating special occasions as big as you can. Yeah. If you're looking at this list, though, is there anything that like feels the best or that you can identify and say, you know what, that one thing or those two things really have made the biggest impact? Like really have made it so that I feel closer to the girls or that frankly, maybe that you feel less stressed so that you can show up in a better way for them. Yeah. Trading an individual time. For sure. So then my question is, and, and hopefully you're doing this at home, right? You're watching how Cameron lays this out, but hopefully you have a journal that you're sort of identifying, just like break it out and as many ideas as you possibly can to figure out the one or two that you think have gotten the most traction for you or the most effect on how you wanted to show up in that space or with that company or with your health or whatever the case may be. If I'm looking at this list and I'm asking myself how I can pour gasoline on this fire, what I am always gonna look at are two things, quality and quantity quality and quantity of the thing that I have just identified. So the first and lowest hanging fruit is usually quantity. And the way that I would approach that as a parent, this is about parenting relationships, is I'd ask myself, or I'd ask Cam, he's sitting here, do you have like sacrosanct, it is in the calendar, both of these things? Like it is, you cannot change it. You and your wife have set aside individual time with each girl as well as making sure that you know in advance what the traded time will look like. Yeah, traded time, yes, individual time. Right. So that's like a really simple idea. It's a really simple thing to do, but it's one of those things that can get away from us is just sitting down, if it's you by yourself or sitting down with your partner and asking, okay, we know these things work really well, right? Like we know that when you get to go off on your own or when I get to go off on my own, it really makes us feel better. We get our cup filled back up. So how can we just lay out the next six months? If it's something simple, we're like two hours every single week, you know, she's going to get to go do her thing and you're going to get to go do your thing, but it's set in the calendar, which I always think is better for our brains to plan everything around if it's set. And then the same with individual time is how can, and I do this with all of my kids. I have four every single week. I have individual time with one of my kids. So my life is insane. My schedule is insane. I spend time with all of my kids all the time, but once a week, one kid gets special time with just me and them. And it doesn't mean that I'm not interacting with all the kids the whole week. It just means like, for instance, I took my 14 year old to his first soul cycle class. So we went, if y'all are in our community, you know, Chris Chandler, he taught a evolution of pink soul cycle class. Me and Jackson living our best freaking lives, singing all of Pink's songs, which by the way, if you've not seen the documentary on Amazon, I'm going to need you to go do that because it's going to make your heart so happy. But he got the individual time. We went to a soul cycle class and then um, we had lunch. And then I took him back to his dad's house. But it was special time that just he gets. So being really specific in the schedule, quantity, is one of the easiest ways to make sure that you're pouring gasoline on the thing that's working. Now, the other one, and this is a bit more esoteric, is quality. How can I increase the quality of these things that I'm doing? So in the case of a relationship with your kids, it's like, okay, well, how can I increase the quality of the individual time? How can I increase the quality of trading time? Maybe I need a process or a schedule with my partner to make it easier for us to trade off or, ooh, maybe 
we could talk about ways that it would feel better for both of us. Like, oh, um, I'm going to go get you a coffee before you, you know, like whatever. This is what works for your life. But think in terms of quantity and quality in pouring gasoline on what's working in your life. Now, let's talk about what's not working, okay? We had a little moment for the people who are killing it or the area of your life where it's feeling really good. And honestly, if you get super laser focused on the thing that's working and try and grow that exponentially, that is actually the most effective tool in getting you closer to where you want to go. See, what we tend to do, especially here in the U.S., is I think that we approach goals, business, life, the way that we were taught to approach grades in school. Growing up, when you are, you come home with a report card and you have like three A's and two B's and a D, what do your parents talk about? The D. And what do they get you to focus on? And what do they want you to talk to the teacher about? And what do they get you a tutor for? Suddenly everything becomes about the D. It becomes about the grade that you got that wasn't good. Everything we're taught is about how to improve the area of weakness instead of how to focus on the strength. Instead of going like, dang, you got three A's over here. These are really your subjects. How do we get you a tutor in the thing that you're already killing? How do we help you have exponential growth in this area of your life? So that's actually the most effective thing that you can do at a check-in is ask yourself how to, how to do this thing so much better. But... We have to also talk about what to do for those of you, for me, for anybody who's taking on something new, where you're like, I am, I suck. Like, this sucks right now. I'm not doing anything the way that I want to. Okay, great. Let's dig into that. Most of the time when someone gets to like a mid-year check-in and they're not feeling proud, they're not feeling like they're where they want to be, the word that I hear most often is stuck. They're like, Rach, I feel stuck. I mean, this is one of the things you heard me talk about with Alicia is she's taken on this great new goal for herself. She quit her job. She's dreaming of something bigger. And she feels like without the guardrails, without the process associated with her old job, she feels lost. She feels stuck. And if that's you, I want to start here. But are you really, are you really stuck? Or are you being hard on yourself? Let's figure out the difference. I want to ask if you're really stuck, if you're really not producing, if you're really as far off course as you think you are. I know how hard I can be on myself and that negative self-talk in the back of our mind can start to tell us all the ways that we should be pushing harder, doing more, achieving better, blah, blah, blah. And so This is, again, why I love a journal is because I feel like if I can see things written down, then I can sort of see the truth. So what I would love for you to do is take an empty page in your journal. And this is something you can pause this and do now. This is something that you can take on later. But to ask yourself, what have you actually done? And I don't mean like, well, no, 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 what have you actually done? I mean like, no, give yourself some freaking credit right now. Like, what have you done in the last six months? What have you done in the last nine or the last year? I'm positive that if I was still sitting here with Alicia right now and I was like, okay, but tell me all the things that you've done in the last five weeks since you left your job. She'd have a whole list, right? 
just the same as you would have a whole list to how you have worked toward this goal that you have for yourself or this life that you want to have. And sometimes those will be big things, right? And sometimes those will be tiny baby things, but you are doing something. And I just want you to give yourself some credit because I have found over time that many women, many women, and and I'm sure some men too, are taught to achieve through shame. We learn this uh, with health, with our bodies, with weight, with all of these things where it's like, oh, you're wrong. You're wrong in all of these ways. You need to make change. And so we're going to keep telling you how wrong you are. And that's going to be the motivation that you need to do the thing that you want to do. And it can work and it does work. And it's super fucking toxic and terrible. It is so terrible for our emotional state, our mental state. I feel like it trickles down with each generation. We end up giving that garbage to our kids. Like it's the worst. You can create through a, through a lens of shame, or you can create through a lens of celebration and love and honoring yourself. So I want you to ask right now, that's what this practice is about. It's just like, well, what have I done? Even if I did it and it was stupid and it didn't get me any closer, at least I did something. So give yourself some credit. The goal that you're working toward right now or this thing that you want to achieve, just asking like, okay, what have I done? Fill up a page. And whenever I do this kind of sort of free flow, I try and set a time on my phone. So I'll say like, okay, I'm going to write for 10 minutes or I'm going to write for 20 or 30 or whatever. And I'm not going to stop until the timer goes off. And I'm just going to list out everything that I can think of. And when you get to however many things you list, I want you to just sit for a minute and like, you know what? Yeah, I showed up and I didn't always get it right. And it didn't always work out perfectly, but I have showed up for this and I've been trying and I'm sitting in this class. You are here with me right now because you have made a commitment to keep trying and to be strategic about it and to make better choices. So start this process by honoring yourself and what you've already done. That's what I mean by, are you really stuck? Because most of the time when I think I'm stuck, I'm actually just moving at a pace that's slower than I'd like. Let me say it again for the people in the back. Whenever I think I'm stuck, typically I'm just moving at a pace that is slower than I'd like. And the reason I suspect that it may be similar for you is because I attract the same kind of people right? Like meaning I attract people who have goals. I attract people who have dreams. I attract people who want to be a better version of themselves. And that kind of person is hard on themselves and want things to move at a faster pace. So before you start this litany of like, oh, I'm stuck. Nothing's no, really? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Now maybe there is an area in your life where you're like, actually, no, I was pursuing this goal. I haven't made any forward momentum, side momentum. If anything, I've gone backwards. If that's you, here are a couple of reasons why that may be the case. Number one, you keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. It's the definition of crazy, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So if you want to have something different, you're going to have to do something different. That's why we start this process by asking ourselves what's working. If something came up on your what's working list, keep doing that thing. 
But if you've been trying something over and over and it's not getting any better, then it's not working and you need to do something different. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard women talk about this in relation to a health journey. A million, a billion. This exact line, they'll say, oh, Rach, I know exactly what to do. If I wanna get healthy, I know exactly what to do. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't. You don't know what to do because if you did, you'd already be doing it. See, we think, let's use the example of a health journey. When a woman tells me that, what she's actually saying is, Rachel, I know exactly what to do to go on a crash diet. What she's actually saying is, I know exactly what to do to um, abuse my body so that I'll lose a ton of weight, but then immediately gain it back. You don't know what to do because if you knew what to do, you'd know holistically. You'd know the rituals and the habits that you would need. You'd know the mindset to love yourself well. You'd know all of it, not just the few simple techniques that will get you a very specific result that you won't ever keep up with because it's too intense. We do this in all the areas of our lives, right? Like in business, like, oh, I know exactly what to do to make more money. Okay, you know exactly what to do to make more money in a way that alienates your customer base and pisses everybody off and loses what could sustain you for a while. You know techniques. You don't know the whole thing. So if you think in your mind right now that you know exactly what to do to get to this goal, but you actually aren't making traction, then I'm here to love you enough to tell you that you don't know. And the beauty of, remember we talked about understanding where we've gotten off course? The beauty of understanding that you don't know means that you can look for the answers. Every single thing, every single thing that you want to do, know, understand, it all exists. Books at the library, podcasts, YouTube videos, anything that you want to know better, it's there. So if you haven't gotten the solution, if you're not living the life you want to live yet, then start to explore how you could try something different. And then when you see an idea, try it. Crazy. I know. Try it consistently for two weeks. See how it does. If you get traction, keep doing that thing. If you don't, try something else. If that doesn't work, try something else. If that doesn't work, you try something else. You have to keep trying things until you see what works for you. I do this in all different areas of my life. I'm constantly trying to understand like, okay, will this supplement make me feel better? Like, how about for this sleep pattern? How about this pursuit in my business? How about working from home? How about having some days in the office? Like I'm constantly tweaking to try and see what feels better for me. And it can be the same for you. The second reason that I think we get stuck is that we are surrounded by a community of people who allow us to stay stuck or who encourage the place that we're at. Let's break those apart for a minute. I'm sure you've heard me say before that old expression that we're a combination of the five people that we hang out with most. You are a combination of the five people that you spend the most time with. And for some of us, that's a little scary because you spend the most time with a toddler, right? Or you spend the most time with people at work who are toxic. Or you spend the most time with your mother-in-law who's the worst, right? Like you have to be really thoughtful about who you are consuming 
the energy that you're consuming, the vibration that you're consuming, the attitude, the perspective, all of that is feeding in to who you become and how you show up in the world. So sometimes when we're stuck, that happens because our community, our five people, they're also stuck. And so they can't even hold you accountable and frankly don't even care that you're in the exact place that you were four years ago because so are they. It wouldn't even occur to them to think like that because they're really content. They're happy in the comfort zone. But you're sitting here right now because you're not happy in the comfort zone. Good for you. But if you're not happy in the comfort zone, that means there's only one way out. And that's being uncomfortable. And those people who are happy in the comfort zone, that's the opposite of what they want. So sometimes they don't know to even hold you accountable because that's not where their head's at. And other times it's that they know they're not going to pursue that kind of life and they sure as hell don't want you to either. People who are happy being mediocre will always try and keep you in mediocre with them. Always. Because if you leave, if you push yourself, if you get out of this place, that means that they have to be challenged and they have to look at their lives and they have to ask what they're doing. So your circle matters so much. And I want you right now, like we can always use a bomb new person in our circle. I don't care who you are. I don't care who your friends are. All of us can always use great, new, vibrant energy inside of our circle. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you to do is be aware of it. Be aware of what are the areas in your life, like the goal that you're working toward, you need to find people that are also goal-oriented or work in that industry or pursue things in that way and be on the lookout for groups you can join, organizations, different community projects that you can be a part of, forums on the internet. What are places that you can go find like-minded people? And then don't like be crazy. Don't just accept anybody just because they have the same passion or idea that you do. Look for people that meet the criteria that feel like the right kind of person that you want to pursue a relationship with. That's number one. In the meantime, because it's much harder to actually find people to add in the short term, in the meantime, I want you to be mindful of the media you consume. I mean, you're here right now, so huzzah, good job. Like you are actively trying to find people who are like-minded, but it is something that you have to pursue. And it is something that you have to be mindful about whose voice you are letting speak into your life. And that's in the social media that you consume, the podcasts that you listen to, the teachers, the authors, the friends. Everything is is being filtered, guys. Everything is going in. Even if it sticks with you on a subconscious level, it can really affect how you show up and how you feel about yourself and the world around you. So you want to be conscious of what that circle is. Another reason that you may be feeling stuck is because you've allowed something that should be a temporary setback to become a permanent experience in your life. You had a slip up, you had a failure, you had something go wrong, and you decided that that was evidence that the goal was stupid or that you were stupid or that you're not capable or any other litany of garbage that that voice in the back of your mind tells you. And With love, I'm just going to, you know, I love you enough to just tell you right now, if that setback can throw you off course, then yeah, it wasn't meant to be yours. Then you're not going to achieve the goal. 
Like, I believe that when we call our shot, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, sets you up to be strong enough to take that goal on. And so you got a setback or maybe you got a series of setbacks or maybe you screwed something up or you lost money or you did what and you were like, yep, you're right. It was a dumb goal. No, the goal wasn't wrong. Perhaps how you pursued the goal. Remember, we talked about this in the beginning. Maybe you did it in the wrong way, but it doesn't mean that the goal wasn't meant to be yours just because you not got knocked down. It was a temporary setback. It was a time for you to take a pause. It was a time for you to ask what you needed to learn. It was a time for you to ask what you needed to do better. That's what it was trying to teach you. But instead of taking the lesson and standing back up and going again, you stayed there. You stayed on the ground. And maybe the entire reason you signed up for this, just so you could hear me tell you this right now, get back up. Stand back up and go again. You want to know what success looks like? It looks like you not taking no for an answer. It looks like you believing in yourself enough to bounce. It's not about how high you get. It's about how high you bounce back when you get thrown to the ground. So maybe you're not stuck. Maybe you just are in the process of standing back up. It's just taking you a little longer than you thought it would. Here's your reminder. Stand back up. The last reason that I think you could be feeling stuck is because what you're actually feeling is overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed by the to-do list. You're overwhelmed by the responsibilities. You're overwhelmed by all of the possible scenarios. You're overwhelmed by so many things to do that you have been weighed down by everything that's in front of you and you've just stopped moving. You're stuck because physically you can't take on any more things. And if that is you right now, and that is many of us, you got to learn to say no. That is the, it's simple, but it is not easy. It is the simple solution. If you want to be able to say yes to your goals, your desires, your dreams, then you have to be able to say no to what other people would have you do. Every single time you say yes to someone else's agenda, it is a no to what it is that you want to pursue. And Cameron's telling us this story about this relationship that he's built with his daughters and how good he's feeling as a dad right now. And that doesn't come without him saying no to other things. This life that you want to have for yourself, it's going to take you being selfish. (gasps) I know. I know it's the worst word. It is the word that has been used to manipulate women for centuries, right? We're told from the time that we're little girls that we're supposed to be selfless. We're supposed to give it all to everybody else. To be selfless, I can't imagine a worse thing to teach my child. To be selfless, to have no sense of self, to have no care for self, to give it all to everybody else. There is a way to have impact. There is a way to give out. There is a way to pour on others around you, but not at the detriment to yourself. And this is what we are taught so often. What does selfish actually mean? Just, I know some of you are having like a visceral response to this. You're like, I'm not, I would never, I would never live life in a way that's selfish. Here's the thing about the word selfish. It cannot live in a vacuum, meaning if you are not concerned about the opinions of someone else, it is impossible 
for you to be selfish because selfish says you are doing something that I don't want you to do. It is impossible to be selfish without the opinion of someone else. So selfish says you're doing something I don't want you to do. I want you to do the thing I want you to do, not the thing you want to do. And when we look at it like that, how is that an appropriate way for you to live? The very fact that you're this concerned about being selfish says to me that you're never ever going to live your life in a way that's hurtful to those around you. But maybe you do need to grasp on to a little bit more selfish. Maybe you do need to grasp on to a little bit more, how can you take care of you? Maybe you need to hold on a bit more to the goal that you have for your life, whatever it is, and most especially if nobody else understands it. Oh, because your husband doesn't understand the goal, because your sister doesn't get it, because your mother-in-law doesn't approve, but because the other women at church, because, 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 because I'm just going to stop doing this thing because they don't get it. You are allowed to pursue the goals and dreams of your heart just because you're you. You are a grown ass adult. And if you are a grown up, you have value and worth for yourself, by yourself, without having to do anything to earn it. It's time to be selfish. And you don't have to like shove that in people's faces and you don't have to like make that a poster, but like if you want to, you do that. But what it looks like to me is that you start standing up for your yes. And the way that you stand up for your yes is having the courage to tell them no. But I just want to finish up our conversation today with something really tactical. Whenever I'm adjusting and trying something new, I use this technique. And um, I literally like brought this note from my fridge to show you guys. I want to talk about the idea of intensity versus consistency. Intensity versus consistency. Most of the time as human beings, when we make a new goal for ourselves or we're pursuing something in our life, we pursue it in a way that's intense. We watch a course, we come to Rise Conference, we get excited, we're super pumped up, we talk to a new friend, we're like all jazz, and then we do something super intense. We're gonna have a health journey, so we're gonna go buy a year pass to the gym, or we're gonna start a business and we spend a crap ton of money like getting a domain and buying a website and getting business cards and doing all the things. We hire a business coach, we do. We get really intense which is super exciting and can definitely be a thrilling way to start a new journey. But I want you to hear me say right now that intensity one time, five times, is not going to get you to your goal. Consistency is going to get you to your goal. It's not about intensity. It's about consistency. It's about can you show up and do this every single day? That's why we talk about the idea of the lowest hanging fruit when we want to pour gasoline on something is the calendar, is the schedule, is the quantity of times that we can do that thing. Consistency matters. What I need to do every time I reset is get real hardcore for a week. Now, sometimes in my life it has taken more than that, but if I find that if I can do a week solid very consistently, then I get to the end of that week and I'm like, okay, let's go again. And basically I look at consistency as a month, a week at a time. So let me show you what I did. This is like the dumbest thing ever, but you wanna know how I really do things. I just set myself a reminder. Fruit, nuts, eggs, meat, greens, water. That's what I was 
That's what I have been taking in. That's what I have been taking in. And I literally just made this for myself as a reminder because I get busy. I get into the routine, same as you. I'm not thinking. And then all of a sudden I'm eating like an RX bar, which isn't, there's nothing, it's not bad. But if I made the commitment that I was only eating clean foods, I was only eating whole foods. I was only eating things that came in their natural form. If I have an RX bar by accident, I'm going to throw off the consistency. And I know for my brain that that week matters. So when I made this, I, I put six days and basic, uh, because I had already gone through a day and then I five and then four, and I just keep marking it down and it's in the spot where I can see it. So it's taped to my fridge. So for you, this might look like the three habits that you're going to do every day that are going to get you closer to the financial goal or that are going to help you pay off debt or that are going to help you work on your thesis or help you write that book or whatever it is. But I come up with a plan. I stick to it. And I tell myself only seven days, only seven days. So like on the seventh day, I'm going to go like have tacos and then we'll reset the next day. So I'm like, okay, just make it seven days. You have like a low moment and then you're gonna get back into your regularly scheduled programming. So for you, if you can tell yourself only seven days, sis, put it somewhere that you can see it. And I essentially do that for a month because if you can do something, if you've been in 90, last 90 days with me, then you know this. If you can do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. Like it is a habit if you can do consistently. But if I tell myself, Rach, go do this for 21 days, I like immediately talk myself out of it. Like I, me, like I'm the most high achiever you know, but 21 days feels like so long. But a week feels possible, especially when I pursue it like this. So I, I literally peeled this off my fridge before I came to teach this class for you. And I don't know if that'll be helpful, but it's really, really helpful for me. It's not about intensity. It's about consistency consistency with that routine that helps you get closer to the goal. Y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode, throwing it back to a class that I taught last year on resetting and reframing your goals. My dream would be if this motivates you or you got a little nugget that you can implement into your life right away and that you think will be really helpful in getting you going. If you want to continue to take a deep dive, to have conversations like this and to find a community of like-minded people who are into the same stuff, there is still time to grab your ticket for tour. I head out next week. My first stop is in Birmingham, Alabama. Then we're on to Charleston, which I believe is almost sold out. Several other cities throughout the month of October. You can head to rachetalklive.com. I think tickets start at 45 or 50 bucks, and it is two hours of networking and information and tactics and ideas and bring your notepad and a pen. You'll take all the ideas down and it will propel you into whatever's coming next. So I hope we get to see you on the road. And until then, I love you. I'm rooting for you and I'll be back soon with more information. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.